personal finance in high school. Most schools don't require it, but one state is making sure students get at least one course. We're talking personal financial education on today's Money with Friends with thought leader Danielle Roberts from Boomer Benefits. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. And I'm Danielle Kunkel-Roberts, coming to you from Boomer Benefits in the great state of Texas, where we have a little less snow than what I was encountering this season. (laughs) It might be a little warmer there. We're going to warm things up today on a money news show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders like Danielle from across the financial landscape. We break those down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And we do that for you now, six days a week in about... 15 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by Acre Trader, investing in farmland simplified. I don't know if you know this, Danielle, but Mark Twain said, buy land, they're not making it anymore. Don't know if you've ever, <laughs> have ever heard that. If you're interested in buying some farmland, head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF to see what it's all about. And um, and it's, it's pretty interesting. We'll talk about buying farmland a little bit later. They're not making more farmland. They're also... Not adding hours to kids' days, Danielle, to add in personal finance. So this is going to be a case of kids get something and they get something taken away. Yeah, that's right. And so I guess it's up to us to decide whether that trade is an even trade. Yeah, we're going to find out here in a second uh, what North Carolina decided to get rid of and whether we think this is a good thing uh, with our friends hanging out with us on Facebook today. Uh, But let's see which one of our friends is kicking off today's show. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. Friends, check. Money, check. Friends with money, let's do this. All right. Today's piece comes to us from Fox 59 uh, out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, and it's titled North Carolina to require students to take personal finance course to graduate. Danielle, do you want to do the honors? You bet. So North Carolina high school students will have to learn the basics of personal finance before graduating. Starting next year, high schoolers will be required to take and pass a personal finance class in order to get the diploma. The State Board of Education approved the move earlier this month, reports WRAL. The course will replace one of the American history courses that students must take. As it currently stands, students are required to take the following classes, World History, American History 1, American History 2, and American History, Founding Principles, Civils, Civics, and Economics. Under the new guidelines, students will take the following courses, World History, American History, Founding Principles of the United States of America and North Carolina Civic Literacy, and then Economics and Personal Finance. According to Mariah Morris, North Carolina's 2019 Teacher of the Year, students wanted the class. Uh, She says they want to know about credit and debit, taxes, what W-4 forms are, W-2, how to budget, how to get grants for college, what fraud is, 401ks, interest levels, how to get a mortgage, and how to do business forms, Morris told WRAL. But the change doesn't have universal support. Board member James Ford expressed concern that the change would lead gaps in students' knowledge of history. And I think we'll leave the piece right there. I'll, I'll link to it on my uh, Twitter feed and on the Money with Friends Twitter feed. Uh, follow us, uh, follow me at Average Joe Money there if you want to read the rest of that. But, but Danielle, let's jump into this. 
What do you think? Personal finance. Let, let's start with the positive here. Personal finance in high school. I'm assuming you think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the headline jumped out at me because, of course, we know lots of people go to college and get their first credit card and rack up a bunch of debt because they have no understanding. No one's ever taught them about the give and take and that that money doesn't come from the trees. <laughs> they have to understand that there is a checking account or savings account that maybe mom and dad have that you're pulling that from. So it's good on the surface, but I wasn't sure I really dis- I agreed with the courses that they would be replacing. Yeah, it's it's funny. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Uh, history going away. It seems like whenever there's something that that we see on the news, we I, I always think, don't we learn from history? Like if we yes. knew any history at all, we'd know we probably shouldn't do that. Like we did a story last week about mortgages and about uh, uh, these mortgage companies giving people more and more and more money that they can borrow. And I think we don't even need to know old history. Like we don't need to know, we, we just need to know last decade to know that that's probably a no-no. Yeah, that's right. That refi boom got a lot of people into trouble. And I also think that there's something about being an American and um, the patriotism that goes along with understanding the actual history, how we got to where we are today. You might not understand the way government works or appreciate how it works or your role in that if you never see if you have never learned where we came from. So I like the idea of the personal finance course, but I was mentioning to Joe before the show that I would replace geometry or one of the courses that I hated <laughs> would be my first choice. <laughs> How about that? North Carolina. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I've seen before in other cases where states want to get rid of gym or get rid of some of the art courses. And, yeah. and while on one hand, I go, okay, yeah, those are expendable. On the other hand, I'm seeing what that does when you look at, uh, when you look at health in children, like the fact that kids then think that health isn't important. And so then they don't emphasize that. And so it, it seems like no matter what we get rid of, right, there's going to be some reason why, why that's a bad idea. But let me, let me bring up a different point, which is that I have seen lots of studies and it seems like over the last eight years on the Stacking Benjamins podcast, Danielle, we keep doing these studies and everybody's excited about personal finance in the classroom. Yet when you see studies about personal finance in the classroom, they don't work. Like the numbers don't bear out the fact that we're going to spend any time working on this because kids learn everything about everything. And then they uh, go make the same stupid mistakes that I made when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's because maybe the personal finance course in high school is a little too early. You don't have your own money yet. I remember going down with my mom and her making me open up an IRA account when I got my first job out of college. And so that was really the first time that I understood my own money and how I used that. I wasn't working off of my allowance. Maybe in high school, it's a little bit too early for it to really make an impact. And perhaps it's something we should look at for university courses. Of course, the kids in the accounting world get some of that. But those of us that, like myself, had a liberal arts major, there was no finance education at all. Yeah, the um, uh, I didn't I didn't have any either. And what I do like about this is 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 this. I remember giving. Uh, I would go work with a couple local school systems back when I was a financial planner, uh, just to give back to the community to have some fun. The thing that I I loved about it was that we would often do just Q&A sessions. And the question I would get over and over was a variation of this phrase. How do I get into massive debt way too early? <laughs> like it was, 
which was, it was, but it was seriously, how do I apply for a car loan? How does credit yeah. work? How do I buy a house as soon as I get out of high school? How do, how do I buy? How do I buy? How do I buy? And it's funny, I wouldn't get questions from high schoolers about investing or about uh, building an emergency fund or about, you know, we, we talked about fraud here in the piece. I wouldn't get questions about any of that stuff. It was just, how do I get into debt? But the cool thing was I was able, based on their questions then, to turn it around. And I actually pointed that out to the kids in the class before the end. I'm like, you know, I love all these questions and it's important to know these things, but guys, all you're asking me over and over is how do I get up to my eyeballs in, in debt, which is pretty scary. Yeah. And a lot of them are then experiencing that on the back end. Um, I've got a cousin that uh, just moved from Michigan to Texas to actually come work for us at Boomer Benefits because she graduated with a forestry degree and she's got $60,000 of student loans. And she literally had no idea. And we talk about this a lot, I know, in our little personal finance community. But you're right. All she thought about at the time, she said, was, how do I get the next class? How do I get the next step toward my degree? And she never took into account that there was going to be a point where that bill was going to come due. And did she have a major that she selected that was going to put her in a position to be able to pay those loans back? So there's a, there's a missing piece on the back end that those kids that are saying, what can I buy? What can I buy? I they're not connecting that to at someday that you're going to have to pay that back. And not all the jobs that are out there are going to give you the kind of income that it's going to make easy to do that. You know, and uh, Ron here hanging out live with us brings up a good point here. And clearly we're not going to solve the student loan crisis today on Money with Friends. Although I, I wish Maybe we the next episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Danielle's like, please leave that until after I'm gone. Uh, but, 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 but Ron asked a, asked, asked a question, says, can we settle the student loan crisis after they learn about money? And, and, and while I think that's kind of Ron's being snarky to some degree, I, I do wonder about kids getting into debt because I remember at that age, my parents, Danielle, didn't know anything about money, didn't know anything about the idea of, of, uh, of, you know, hadn't taught me anything about debt. And so when I took out student loans, I didn't, and and I've been clear about this. I didn't use a lot of them for school. I used a lot of them so that I could live a decent lifestyle. I didn't really care about paying them back because I didn't realize that, hey, I'm going to be paying for these things forever. I bought some cool computer games. That was fun. Um, That I, you know, you wonder after all the interest I paid on those computer games, how much they really cost. But, 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 but I do wonder to take Ron's question and make it less snarky. I wonder if the student loan crisis is less if kids in high school know a little bit about debt and about having to repay it. And so they don't get into as much. Yeah, I would think so. And even that makes me think of when you go to take student loans, couldn't there be an eight hour course, just something that they make you take before you take out all those student loans that would provide that back end? Because I see this now, even in my own demographic audience, or you've got people who are 65 coming in with sometimes themselves, they've lived their whole lives without any good personal finance knowledge, and they're still trying to learn these things. So we've got to provide it somewhere, but where is the right point, I guess, is up for debate. I had that when when um, when I was a financial planner, people were still dealing with credit card debt late into their 50s. Uh, yeah. 60 years old. And they'd been, you know, we talk about it. They've been dealing with the same up and down paying off credit cards over and over and over since they were 30 or 25. Uh, uh, Bailey 
uh, chimes in on this discussion. Thanks, Bailey. Bailey says, I so wish we had personal finance classes in high school in Texas. Our economics class was a joke and taught us only about how the dollar and check were created. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> you know, that might actually be a fair trade. You know, economics, when we teach economics to high schoolers, talk about something at a high level that we don't really use every day. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it, it's important to know what the Federal Reserve is doing and why they're created. But does the Federal Reserve matter if we don't know how basic, uh, basic budgeting works? Yeah, because you're not going to understand how that works on a national level if you can't even make it work in your own bank account. And that's the part that people are missing and sometimes never get to. They learn bad habits from their parents and they carry those habits into their own adulthood. So, you know, the government can't always step in and provide everything. We have this problem with schools in general where, you know, teachers can't be parents. But certainly on some level, yeah, I like Bailey's idea. Forget about economics. I don't need that course either. So, <laughs> I, although I'd still trade geometry first for sure. <laughs> My, uh, the only thing we did good Bailey in our, in my economics class is we did a stock competition where, where, mm. where we just bought some stocks and we tracked them. We did it the first week of the, of the school year and, and, uh, tracked them the entire semester. We tracked how our stocks were doing. And that was part of a requirement of the class. And it was really neat. Even though I didn't learn a lot from it, I did learn a little bit about how stocks move and about the fact that these are actually companies that I'm buying into and not some magic sauce that goes up or down and I could lose all my money. Like I, I learned the basics that was, that was good. James says to be frank, personal finance is not hard. It's not rocket science. And most of the best parts can be found with a simple Google search. I'd rather school time be devoted to items that actually need actual discussion and nuance than all capitals. He says <laughs> like history. I don't think though, James, it's an either or. I do think that it's, it's, it's uh, not rocket science and most of the best parts can be found with simple Google search. While I agree with all that, somebody told me recently, they said, what if, what if back when I was a kid in the 1970s, just dating myself here for a second, that, that, that you could tell me that old Joe was going to have a device that he could hold in his hand that has the secrets of every question he ever has, but he yeah. uses it to watch cat videos. Like <laughs> Like j just because we have it available, it, 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 I think James, it's no longer about information. It's about culling the information and 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 finding the right stuff. Uh, and and I think kids, even though they have so much available, I think their ability to focus on the right things, I think, is is difficult. And I think a course might teach that this is pretty important. Yeah, and you know, are they going to take the time to go and search that? So they can do a Google search, but. If it's not a topic that they're really interested in, they'd rather spend the money than save the money. They may not be Googling those things until it's too late when they've racked up a bunch of college credit card debt. And now they're saying to themselves, hey, I should have maybe taken a personal finance course. So, you know, I always say about Medicare with my own people, I wish there was a class at 50 that, that was mandatory so that people would learn it so that in 15 years <laughs> they could be better prepared for healthcare yes. costs and retirement. Yes. So I like the idea of the eight hour or even two-day course before you take the loans or before you can get a credit card. Um, but then how would you regulate that or make that happen? Right. It'd be tricky. It'll be tricky. Right. Just a mess. I can't, I can't imagine that. Like a driver's license test, like a basic yeah. credit card test. But imagine the cost to administer that too. Yeah. 
I think I want to end this, Danielle, with uh, Kimberly's uh, Kimberly's piece. And by the way, before I get to this, back on what you were saying about people coming to you for for benefits help, I I remember them meeting with me uh, six months before retirement saying, hey, yeah. what should I do? I'm like, well, number one, you should have been here 20 years ago because yes. there's not as much that we can do. However, you know, uh, understanding how this works was always was always job one. Uh, let's end this with what Kimberly says, though. She says, I like the idea of adding a finance section into almost every class. Read books about finance. Do math based on finance. Learn about the history of different currencies around the world. That, mm. may, be, that may be a better idea, Danielle, where we're actually showing how usable this is and by integrating it into other courses, then we see how interconnected the world is almost like you. I didn't really care for science classes. And so if I could, I figured out in college, if I could take fewer science classes, I'd be good. The problem is I've realized now that science shows up in my day, you know, a few times a week, you know, what is salmonella while I'm cleaning out the refrigerator? That kind of thing. (laughs) That, that, that was an important science class you took. Good thing. It's a big one. <laughs> but but I do like this usability idea that Kimberly has. Yeah, I think that that's some pretty good merit. So I think, Kimberly, you need to call the state of North Carolina, <laughs> give them that input, and see if they can, <laughs> and they can incorporate it. In just a moment, Danielle and I are going to have our takeaways from today's piece. But while I give Danielle a second to get her thoughts together for probably the biggest mind-bending takeaway we've ever had on the show. No pressure, Danielle. Uh, I'd like to talk for a second about Acre Trader, our sponsor for this show, because I, I'm a guy that grew up in farm country. Not only did we not have a personal finance course, we, we spent a lot of time out in the fields. And one thing I know from that is that the amount of farmland is always shrinking. And uh, because of that, farmland has not had the ups and downs historically that other types of land have had. In fact, if you look at it versus commercial real estate, which is cyclical, or uh, stocks, which are cyclical, you'll find that farmland, while still cyclical, not not nearly as as much. So attractive yields historically, uh, not just in the in the returns that you get from the land itself, but also remember, in this is the way Acre Trader works. What they do is they take a farm, they divide it because who can buy a whole farm, right? They divide it into little pieces. You end up buying a little piece of the farmland and Acre Trader then works with the farmer uh, who rents the, it from you. So you, the good news, you don't have to know anything about farming. All you have to know is that you're the landlord for a farmer instead of for a different type of business. And as long as that farmer continues to farm, you get a check once a year and you end up uh, with land that hopefully over time continues to appreciate like it has in the past. So if you want to learn more, head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF. That's acretrader.com forward slash MWF. They have an explainer video. They have a lot of resources there to check it out. And like any investment, you should do your homework before investing. All right. That's it for Acre Trader. Let's talk about personal finance. Your big takeaway, Danielle? My takeaway would be that it's clear that some personal finance education is important and we definitely need to have it, but there needs to be a larger debate about exactly what we're replacing and when is the right time to bring in that education. Is high school really the right place? Should it be college? There needs to be a wider national discussion about this, but I applaud North Carolina for jumping on board 
and trying to provide some government help with that because we don't always get it in our own families. And learning early, learning early, what you need to know about finance, personal finance is very important. You don't want to be that person that's 64 and sitting down to talk about this for the first time in your life right before you retire. Yeah, I uh, I love that. And that that uh, goes to what my takeaway was, Danielle, which is that with all the discussion we have, not about this, but over and over and over, if you spend any time online <laughs> about how important personal finance is and how great personal finance courses would be, I wouldn't wait for a state or a government to mandate it. Create your own curriculum. It's funny. Uh, uh, one of our friends uh, <laughs> here with us today, Gregory, says that, uh, you know, listening to money with friends might be required listening. But spending just a little bit of time focusing on your own financial development can pay huge dividends. And as a lot of people who are hanging out with us today now, it isn't that hard. It is pretty fun once you get into it. The more you learn the terminology, the more it's like riding a bike. And uh, and for what seems like something that initially is nerdy and difficult, it pays these huge, huge dividends and uh, and actually can be can be a good time. So I wouldn't wait for a personal finance course, Danielle. Create your own curriculum. Yep, that's right. And you've got more tools than ever before in history to do that. You can get apps on your phone to do your budget and track your spending, track your stocks. So there's really no excuse for uh, waiting these days. I know we are in an important open enrollment period for some people who are either hanging out with us today or listening to the podcast. I wonder if there's a resource available where people could actually get some education in that arena. (laughs) I've got a great one for you. So if you need to know about the open enrollment happening with Medicare right now, or you can leave your Advantage plan and make a change to another plan or back to original Medicare, you can learn all sorts of good things about that at boomerbenefits.com. Awesome. And you know what? We'll have a link to that on our website, uh, moneywithfriendspodcast.com, our Instagram where we share this. uh, Or if you want to come back and watch the replay, if you're listening to this later of Danielle and I chatting about this, we have it on the screen right now for everybody hanging out with us. Danielle, thanks thanks for hanging out with us again. I really appreciate you coming back for more. You bet. I'm excited to be here and anytime. Good news, guys. We got Danielle back again tomorrow, so hang out with us again then. On behalf of Danielle, I'm Joe. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Sihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.